Lady score, trying to get it tied. Kennedy scores! And will cater in. Shots! He hits the crossbar! Kennedy looking center shot. You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. Welcome to Impact Sports Behind the Mask. I am your host, Jason Ruff, alongside my partner, Brian Bobel. Brian, last weekend was sure a letdown, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a letdown more than one ways, Jason. It really was. Yeah, but we'll be getting to that later on. Besides recapping last weekend's Hockey City Classic, we will take a look at the women's D1 Spartans and their action packed this weekend. We'll also take you around the boards and check in on the Big Ten Conference. And finally, we will preview this weekend's big series against the Penn State Nittany Lions. But let's first go to our Hockey City Classic recap. The game, first off, is delayed over 100 minutes due to technical difficulties with the coolant system in addition to the ice. It was a very... It was, I mean, temperature high was in about the low 40s, and it was also very sunny, especially in the suburbs, probably a little bit more in the, uh, on the lakefront. So even after a 100-minute delay, the Spartans finally got to, got to start the play, and they came out flat. Michigan scored the first goal less than two minutes in. Brian, that goal, in all respectiveness, that goal probably should have been picked up by a block. That was a weak goal for Michigan State to give up. Yeah, and just it, was, it would become a theme for the night where just, Michigan started firing pucks on net, and they would beat, and they would find their way into the net from a screen, you know, beating a screen Jake Hildebrand, who really deserved a better fate in that game. I don't think he played super, he didn't play phenomenally, but he deserved a better fate. I mean, his first, the first two goals he let in were, he was screened by his own man. Yep. I mean, that's just unfortunate, and those shots should have been picked up by a block. Mm-hmm. Michigan State only registered somewhere between ten, only 10 and 15 blocks in that entire game. That's way too low for this team. Yeah, especially you know, in this kind of an event. And the way they've been playing, they've been blocking a lot of shots going into this game. But you notice, I, I thought, watching you know, most of that game yesterday, I just thought that it was just a, a complete reversal of the game at Joe Louis Arena. Exactly. Michigan State piled on some pressure near the end of the first, looked like they might crack it open. Had a lot of good chances. It was still one nothing after 20 minutes of play. In the second period, though, Michigan cracked down and the Spartans cracked under pressure. Michigan, the Wolverines pushed the physical play. MSU just could not respond either physically or really mentally. You could tell it was all Michigan, and they got two quick goals in that second period. The first one was off of a bad mistake in the defensive zone that wound out wound up behind Jake Hildebrand. Again, Hildebrand screened by his own defenseman. The second one, though, Brian, that was just lack of effort. I'm mean, Excuse me, the third one. Third one was just lack of effort. MSU came off of a very bad power play. Michigan's going up the ice in transition. Brian, I got to sell Tady. I said, I said to myself, if Michigan State gives up a goal on this rush, they don't deserve to win the game. Sure enough, Hildebrand makes the first save, but the cop, the captain, gets two or three good whacks at it and is able to poke it home. Why does cop get two or three good whacks at your goaltender? He should have been on the deck after the first whack. I mean, come on. Yeah, I agree. And I think that was that kind of showed me that just Michigan State really wasn't emotionally involved in that game. They, they really weren't. And, and you and I talked about this a little bit before the show when you said that Michigan State's best hit of the game was Matt Berry running Nagelvort. 
It was. That, it was. That, and it got me thinking. It really was. Michigan State was just not emotionally involved in that game from the from the start of you know from the start of the game from the first puck drop. And really, you could say once Michigan made it one nothing, Michigan State was just not involved the rest of the game. And and it's really disappointing. I mean, this is your arch rival, and you're playing in a big stage. Call it whatever you want. Yes, the attendance was bad. Underwhelming nope. crowd to say the least. Or or bad. You just go with that. But yes, it. The attendance was very bad. Yes, it was only one game, but these outdoor games, these are big stages, and this is in a big city that has a lot of Michigan State hockey alums. Whether they were watching the game in person or on TV, there were a lot of eyes on this game, and Michigan State just came up flat. I tell you, I hope there weren't too many recruits or whatnot watching that game, because I tell you what, right? if I was a recruit thinking about Michigan State watching that game, I'd honestly be having second thoughts right now. I, I think I would, if I were a recruit, I would watch that game and just take it with a grain of salt because of the ice problems. Everybody knew what was going on with the ice problems. The ice was very poor. It was so bad before the game Saturday. Michigan State and other teams could barely practice Friday night. Uh, I, that's why I wouldn't look too deep into this. I would more look at the game they played at Joe Louis Arena because outdoor games – they're not perfect. That's fair and, and, you know, I think looking at the game at Joe Louis Arena was a better assessment of Michigan State's team as a whole compared to this this game at Soldier Field. But the attendance, though, Oof. I was looking at, and, and they announced the attendance as 22,751. Divide that in half, and you have pretty much what the crowd looked like from up in the not press box. Not even that. Stop telling lies. I, 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 could honest, I honestly think it, it was a combination of both games. That 22,000 crowd was a combination of sold tickets and people that showed up for both games. And it was just right. a dreadful attendance. When you look just seven, six days before, seven days before, you're looking at 20,000 and 27 people showing up at Joe Louis Arena. So you have more, I think there were more than twice as many people at the Joe than there were at Soldier Field. And that was part of the reason why things were just really disappointing. I think uh, my friend Alex Marks, who was watching the game, had the quote of the night in terms of the attendance. When they said that the attendance was about 22,000, reportedly, he said, so where's the other 20,000? Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's pretty much what it seemed like. And, and you know what, Jason, I'll, I'll ask you this. Do you think that game and just you know the lack thereof of attendance, do you think that is a signal that these outdoor games are just not as as good as they should be like do you think that they need to sort of take a step back and like and lower the magnitude and and you know frequency of these outdoor games you know i think they should for certain teams i think that the attend first off the the venue the, the big draw of this whole series was michigan state michigan mm -hmm. some people you could say it was a dave brandon event to the end mm -hmm. i only take that partially that Michigan State, Michigan State, I'm sorry, Michigan State, Michigan was the main draw in that game because of the alumni bases in the Chicago area. But look at the location. Yes, it's in Soldier Field. You're not going to be able to pack Soldier Field. Look at the two teams. Michigan is an up-and-coming contender for the tournament. Michigan State's not. They're just rebuilding. They're just rebuilding. They're right smack dab in the middle of a rebuilding effort. Now, if it was Michigan, Michigan State football, oh, you could fill oh, yeah, Soldier Field easily. in an instant. Yeah, easily. But in... And I looked back at some of the other outdoor games between these two clubs. Yeah, you have the first one at Spartan Stadium, drew just under 75,000 people. 
The next one at, at the big house drew, I think it was around 113,000. And then you look at the last couple ones, you know, Comerica Park and this one, and you just wonder what the difference is. And I honestly think what hurt this one is that I don't think students were willing to make the trip for no. this one. You no. need to have the students no. there. The You know, just watching, you know, there were just not enough students there. Because if you're a student, you're in college. Are you going to want to spend all the money to go to Chicago for a weekend to watch not the greatest hockey team play, whereas let's go back, you know, 14 years ago when they played the game at, at Spartan Stadium, you'll get easily, you'll easily oh, get yeah. thousands oh, yeah. of students going to that game. And that's what I'm, I'm trying, what I'm thinking is that these schools – you know, play the occasional, you know, uh, out of state, you know, play it at a great venue like once every 10 years or so, 15 years. But what I think they should go back to playing an outdoor game at Spartan Stadium every, let's say, let's say every eight years, every eight years. And then have it. And then every four years in between then you go to the big house. So you play. So say you play 2015, you're playing at Spartan Stadium. 2019, you're playing at the Big House. 2023, Spartan Stadium, and so on. I think that's the way to do it. I don't think you know going to these grand events is the way to do it. I agree with you, and it's interesting you bring up the 10 years because after the first Cold War at Spartan Stadium, Ron Mason said this shouldn't be done un- for another 10 years. 10 years later, they did the Big mm-hmm, House event, much, yeah. and it was a big event because mm-hmm. people hadn't seen it in a decade. Mm-hmm. Look at four years later, they put up Comerica Park, and of course, granted, the teams in terms of where they are, in terms of skill level and whatnot, they're different, but at the same time, people can look back and say, oh, you only saw that like a couple years ago, why is Mm -hmm. this a big thing? Also, and now with the Chicago things, like, well, that was just done last year, why? Yeah. Exactly. And, why. And, and I, I, I agree with you, Brian. And I, I agree. And I understand uh, the talk that, you know, it re- it's all for the players. You know, it's mostly about the players. But also, I do feel like the players would much rather play at a packed outdoor venue than what we saw at Soldier Field. I yes. really do. Would the players prefer to play at Spartan Stadium? Absolutely. I think, I think a good majority of them would rather play an outdoor game at a full packed Spartan Stadium, 75,000 people screaming and cheering, than play at Soldier Field where they had not even 10,000 people. Exactly. Getting back to the recap now, Matt DeBlau did score for MSU, of keeping Zach Nagelvoort from getting the shutout. However, mm-hmm. Michigan would get an empty netter to ice it. Final score, 4-1. to one. A couple, Only few positives take away from this game. Michigan State limited the Wolverines to zero power play goals. Coming to that game, Michigan's power play percentage was operating about 25%. However, like we said earlier, they the Spartans just played flat, no energy, no poise, no physicality. I thought Red Berenson had the core of the night. Red Berenson mm-hmm. said that there were times when Michigan State was close to turning the table, which there were, but Coach Berenson said, quote, but I thought there were we were more invested emotionally and physically in the game tonight. Unquote. That says it all, Brian. Yeah. Case in point too. After DeBlau got on the goal, how about Matt DeBlau after not scoring a goal all last season is now tied for third on the team with six, including two in the last two weeks. He's at he has sixty six percent of Michigan State's offense in the last two weeks. He's doing well, you know. and he needs to be doing well. But here's my beef: Where are the top guns? Mm-hmm. McEachern, Farantino, Barry. 
when was the last time we saw those guys? I'd argue Penn State. All right, Barry, no, going back. I'm sorry. Barry, last time we heard from Ohio him was Ohio State. State. Last time we heard from Farentino was Penn State. Mm-hmm. When was the last time we heard from Mac? Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. And Michigan State, you know, to talk about Red Barrington's quote there, uh, there was a, there was one chance I thought Michigan State had after that DeBlau made it three to one. There was a wraparound only two minutes later, about maybe two mm-hmm. or three minutes later. Yep. I'm, I can't remember who took it, but it was a, a play went down low, and Michigan State had Nagelvort down along the right post, and a wraparound came around to the left post, and they just missed by like about an inch. By, yep. Yeah, I remember that very very close. If Michigan State scores on that. I think we're looking at a completely. You're looking at a completely different game because it, if you would agree with, I thought the third period was Michigan State's best period of the game, hands down, and you would expect that because Michigan's already up three nothing, and Michigan State is coming to press. But Michigan State had its opportunities to tie that game, and they just couldn't do it. Exactly, like you said, Brian. Had they scored that goal, I'm not 100 percent convinced that we'd be talking about. Oh, Michigan State would come back and tie the game and maybe even win the game. But at the very least, we'd probably be talking about. Oh, Michigan State showed poise, showed effort, showed some resolve to make this game close, and basically pulled a Western Michigan. The game before, Miami Ohio was up four, four to nothing, nothing on the Broncos going into the third period. Broncos made scored three unanswered goal. goals. <laughs> yep, they they kicked the field goal and was able to walk out of there with at least a little bit of face. And that came after they had a goal taken away from them at the end of the second period. Exactly. So, you know, I'm not. we're not saying Michigan State definitely would have come back had they have scored that goal. But you know what? With the game of hockey, you never know. The three-goal lead is the worst lead in hockey to have, regardless of who you are. Three-goal leads are dangerous, and I thought if Michigan State would have gotten that goal, I thought they could have had a very good chance of coming back. Very good chance indeed, so... Let's take a quick break from men's hockey because, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, after last weekend, I kind of need it. Mm. Let's go over to women's. Unfortunately, the men were not the only ones to have a rough weekend as the D1 women's team dropped three consecutive games to be swept on the weekend. The Lady Spartans lost to Aging College 3-1 to last Friday, Grand Valley State 6-3 to on Sunday, or excuse me, on Saturday, and then suffered a heartbreaking overtime loss to the Lakers 5-4 to on Sunday. The Spartans currently holding on to the number 13 spot in the rankings. Their next series will be against Miami of Ohio next weekend in Flint. And then after that is the playoffs. Brian, it seems like 2015 has not been the year for this women's squad. No, they're, they're riding, the, riding the struggle bus a little bit. But you know what? I think this team does have what it takes to kick, you know, kick it back into shape. You know? And let's not forget, they're, you know, one of their goaltenders – is off playing in the uh, the world the winter university games exactly Maria, uh, Barlow. Maria Barlow so that that doesn't help your case a lot but you know I think you know Julie King she's a good backup she is she's she's a, good, she's a good backup and you could even say that they're just one A and one B in terms of exactly. starters so you know it, it'll help when when Barlow comes back um but will it be too late that is uh, the question that is the question that needs to be answered. Let's go now to a round the boards, check in on the entirety of the Big Ten. A lot of, lot of changes going going this weekend, into, or excuse me, going into this weekend, Brian. Coach Nasta said last weekend that those three points were be, would be important. Turns out he was right, <laughs> as Michigan State has now dropped to fourth place, but we'll get to them in a minute. Currently leading the Big Ten with 24 points is the number 12 Michigan Wolverines. 
So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Oh, let me get this straight. So Michigan wins one game, wins one outdoor game, they jump from 14 to 12? Sure. Yet when they sure. lost to Michigan State, they only dropped one spot from 13 to 14. That doesn't make sense to me. I yeah I'll, I'm with you on that. It doesn't I'm, make sense. Yeah, I'm I'm not buying into that. Yeah, I, I think they should have maybe bumped up to. I think they should have bumped up one spot. Yeah, bumped back up that. to thirteen. Yes. But out, an outdoor a win in an outdoor game really shouldn't give you uh, a whole lot of reason to bump teams up. Exactly. You know, that's just my that's just my two cents on that. Exactly. I mean, technically speaking, it was a series split. Yeah, they they split a series against an unranked opponent. And they move and, opponent, and, and they move up and they move up one spot. I don't, I, I don't get it. But yeah. anyway, this will be a tough weekend for the Wolverines as they will hit the road. They have a series to face off against the Minnesota Golden Gophers on the road in Mariucci Arena. I don't think the, that's going to be a tough one because I don't think the Gophers take too kindly to them being swept a couple weeks ago in Yost. No way. Mm-mm. That add place, into, no way. That place is going to be rocking. Add into the fact that the Gophers are now starting to find their second win. That should be an interesting series. Mm-hmm. The Wolverines are 8-2-0 and in conference, 16-8-0 overall. So, and look at look at, Minnesota, look at Minnesota starting to, to find the back of the yeah, net. Yeah. You know, they had they won by a combined uh, total of fourteen to four or ten to four rather ten to four over Ohio State, and then their one made their one win against Wisconsin was seven five. So this is a team, and they got four in the shootout loss to Wisconsin the second night of that series. So they're averaging four goals at the least over their last. Four exactly. games. Four goals is their lowest total in the last four games. That's not bad. I still favor Minnesota in this series mainly because if it does turn out to be a shootout, I like Adam Wilcox over Zach Nagelvort or yeah. whoever Red Berenson decides to put in the net. I think they're going to stick with Nagelvort. He's been he's been a, a really solid, you know, fix for them in uh, in goal just in the conference play at least. You know, he his numbers in conference are up there as. You know, one of the top goalies in the league. Exactly. So I, I they'll ride with the hot hand. Exactly. In second place, only two points behind the Wolverines is that with 22 points is the number 19 Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State now finally getting back into the rankings. They will travel to East Lansing here at MSU to face off against the Spartans this weekend. The Penn State Nittany Lions are seven two and one in conference, fifteen seven and four overall. Penn State's humming right now, Brian. They're humming. <laughs> they're humming, and they're coming in to a huge series, Jason. This Whew. one is huge, and, and this is just this is Michigan State's chance to to kind of you know keep stay you know keep stay the course. In other words, you know this is they they had a tough loss, but you know what? They've been playing pretty good hockey lately. And, they have, you know. So this is another big weekend for them, just to prove that they can contend. I'm going to be more interested in watching Michigan State to see how they bounce back emotionally because they showed zero emotion and against Michigan last weekend. They need to show lots of emotion against this Penn State squad. And they're going to have two chips on their shoulder because, one, how much did they talk about the last game against Penn State where they got routed? How much mm. did that stick with them and eat at them? I'll, that I'll, stuck <laughs> with them a lot. A lot. And then I'm sure the loss to Michigan is going to eat at them just as much. So they should, if they are a a contending team, they should come out strong in this in uh, for this series this weekend. Hey. I, they they if if they don't come out strong, 
and they come out flat, then this team just doesn't deserve to contend in the Big Ten. No, they're not. But, hey, ranked opponent coming into your house. Pack the building. Pack, pack the building. Pack I the sure house. hope it's a packed house. Pack the house. Pack the house, indeed. In third place in the Big Ten with 18 points is the Minnesota Golden Gophers, still unranked, but they were close. They received the most votes not to be ranked, mm-hmm. or excuse me, the most votes and not ranked of all the other college hockey teams. They will face off a series at home against the number 12 Michigan Wolverines. Big chance for the Gophers to jump back into those rankings, especially with the number 12 Wolverines at their doorstep. Yeah, a sweep. A sweep of Michigan will tie them in points. Michigan will have the the tiebreaker for more regulation and overtime wins in the conference. So this is a big weekend for Minnesota, you know, and, and yeah, we've seen them, you know, towards the middle of the standings, but everybody knows what Minnesota is capable of. Oh, everyone does. Everybody does. So I wouldn't be surprised if I think that series will be split. I think, I think very well be a split in that series. And that plays well to Michigan state's favor. If they can take care of their own business. Exactly. But I, that, that, that it's not a small if, that is a huge if, if Michigan State can handle their business. Unfortunately, you are right, as always, Mr. Bobel. Yeah. The Gophers are 5-2-3 in conference, 14-9-3 overall. Sitting in fourth place with 16 points is the Michigan State Spartans. They will host the number 19 Penn State Nittany Lions this weekend at Mon Ice Arena. The Spartans are 4-4-2 four, four in conference, 10-12-2 overall. I think back to last year, Brian, and think back to where this team was last year. Mm-hmm. Last year, if I remember correctly, my numbers may be off here, so forgive me. But I think they only had they were two, five, and three in conference. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't anywhere near this. No, Mm-mm. we were we were taught we weren't even contemplating the thought of Michigan State hopping into the top three in the conference at this point last year. No, no, not at all. Not at all. But now here you are. And this is the the continued growth that Tom Anassas and this program needs to continue to have. You know, they're they're close to that five hundred mark. They need to resolve themselves to push over it. Yeah, they they do. And yeah, like I said before, with how much uh built up you know, anger this team should have after not only the Michigan game, but also the last time they, to- they these guys played. Michigan State needs to come out and sweep. They need to sweep. If they sweep, they'll prove to me that the Michigan game was just a hiccup, that the last Penn State game they played was just a hiccup. In years past, it turns out those weren't hiccups. Those were Those were problems that the team has had. So... I I I don't know. We'll get into the keys for Michigan State in a, li- we'll get, in a little. We'll get we'll get to that later. We'll yeah. get to that later. So I don't want to spoil anything right now. <laughs> Keeping us all engaged yeah. here, aren't you, Brian? Oh yeah. Uh, number five in the conference with six points is the Ohio State Buckeyes. They were swept once again. I think it's safe to say that both the Buckeyes and Wisconsin are kind of out of the race at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Yeah, S- for sure. Still really plagued by injuries, but. Buckeyes may get a saving grace. They host the Wisconsin Badgers. They could. It, they should get a win this weekend. They should. Someone's going to get a win. <laughs> One of those two teams are going to get a win unless they decide to play to a pair of shootouts, in which case it doesn't. Oh, my gosh. They just add, you know, another loss or, or a shootout win to that column. Oh, my gosh. Just The Buckeyes and the Badgers have just been 
Mm-hmm. I almost feel sorry for them, quite honestly. Not Ohio State. Not uh, <laughs> yeah, not Ohio State. But la- last year's Big Ten tournament championship teams are now the Cinderella, the Cinderella Buckeyes versus the dominant Badgers. Easy to say their clock has struck midnight. Exactly. For them, they're just not with it this year, and injuries have so much to do with it. But then again, you can't use injuries as you really can't use it no, as a can't. major excuse. You, you know? can't. You can't. Buckeyes are two, only two, eight and zero in conference, seven, fifteen and two overall. And finally, as we earlier mentioned, in sixth place in the conference with only two points, the Wisconsin Badgers. They will host, or they, I'm sorry, excuse me. They will hit the road to Columbus for a series against Ohio State. The Badgers are zero, eight and two in conference, two, eighteen and four overall. It's it's ugly for those folks in Badgerland. But you know what? Look at them. They have the potential to shape how the Big Ten will finish this season. If you look at their upcoming schedule, you have Ohio State this weekend, right? Then you have Michigan State at the Kohl Center. Then you have Michigan on the road. That'll be tough. And then you have Michigan at Arena. So you're playing six straight games against teams that are still trying to, to either climb their way up or to solidify their spot. So they're spoiler number one, and Ohio State can play just as much the role of spoiler with their upcoming schedule. After this weekend against Wisconsin, you have Michigan, Penn State, Minnesota. Did you say Michigan at at uh, Mon Ice Arena? No. I said Michigan. No, for uh, for – for Wisconsin, I said Michigan State at Mun Arena. Uh, I thought you said Michigan. No way. All right, all right. Michigan <clears throat> State at Mun Arena. And then you have Ohio State, like I said, you know, playing home and home with Michigan, home against Penn State, home against Minnesota. So those two teams still, they're not going anywhere as far as the regular season is concerned, but they can really, really mess up the Big Ten standings. Exactly. And it's going to be very important for Michigan State to pick up those four wins against the Badgers. That will oh, yeah. certainly help. Oh, yeah. That will certainly help mm-hmm. all four of those pretty much must wins. I also have a couple of uh, promo shout-out announcements here for tonight for this weekend series. On Friday, it is Michigan State University Federal Credit Union night. All MSU FCU members can get two free tickets for tonight's hockey game. You can claim your tickets at the east side entrance that's the one by the Spartan Stadium on the street. It's basically the front door. You can't miss it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Free hockey. Free hockey. That's right. Free, Free hockey. hockey. Why and, not? And it's it's one of the biggest remaining home games on the schedule for Michigan State. So come on out. Only one of two games actually this month in the month of February. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So definitely come out out. And it's a big series like my partner just mentioned. Also on Friday, I have it on good authority that the A team will be breaking out a new chant. That was player player requested, I should say. Okay. However, it is under lock and key as to what that chant is. They wouldn't even tell me. So <laughs> if anything, come out for that. There's going to be a new chant going on. I, I just hope it's a little better than the, than the whoop, there it is, power play chant that was player requested last year. I'm pretty sure that was Captain Greg Wolf that requested that. That really gained no momentum at all. Here's what it's going to be. Here's what it's going to be. Hit the net. You could hit be. the net. It could very well hit be. Hit the net. Very, could very well be hit the net. I'd, I'd support that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what. And, of course, on Saturday, Valentine's Day, it's going to be flannel night. Ah. 
flannel night. All 18 members, come out and wear your flannel for flannel night. Bring your Valentine as well. It's going to be a good night. Yeah, what could be better on Valentine's Day? Go watch some early high. There's an early start time at 6 o'clock. Exactly. So you've got no excuse to miss that game. Go go to the game. Game Bas- gets out at 8.30. Go out to dinner afterwards. Basketball nice game night. gets done by then, right? I'm pretty sure. I think they started. I think basketball starts at noon and probably yeah. go to two thirty. So yeah, you'd hope they'd be done by six o'clock. <laughs> With this basketball team, you never know. How about a nice uh, like six overtime basketball <laughs> game? How about that? <laughs> I don't think even I could deal with that, Brian. And with the way with the way those overtimes will work, it'll oh, just go man. on and on and on. Oh man, oh man, oh man. But yes, go to the basketball game, come to the hockey game, take your sweetheart out for a good night. Mm-hmm. Should be a good Valentine's Day. So finally, we'll go to our final segment: Know Thy Enemy and preview Michigan State's big matchup against the Penn State Nittany Lions this Valentine's Day. Why not treat your special somebody to some exciting hockey action? The Penn State Nittany Lions come to town this weekend for a heavyweight matchup against the Michigan State Spartans. Penn State, however, Brian, they have been riding the line of Bailey, Holstrom, and Goodwin all season long. Mm -hmm. It is perhaps the best forward line in college hockey. Well, Casey Bailey is one of the best forwards in college hockey. He's 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 unreal how he is performing this year. it's, It's crazy. Safe to say, I'm pretty sure that NHL teams are going to come knocking on his door with contracts pretty Ex- soon. Exa- exactly. I have no doubt. No doubt. Maybe call up the New Jersey Devils. They need some help. They, Lou Lamorello, if you are listening, <laughs> if if somewhere in the swamps of Jersey, quote Bruce Springsteen at the same time, if you are listening, Casey Bailey is the real deal. Sign him up. Hawks are fine, by the way. We don't need any new talent. But if the Devils do end up signing Casey Bailey, look towards this show as the one that got him there. <laughs> this one will be the one that got him there. You, you heard it here, folks. Brian Bobel working working as an NHL pro scout. As a pro scout. C.J. Musco has been solidifying himself in the net for Penn State, which could provide a challenge for the Spartans. Penn State also boasts a shattering 3.58 goals per game and gets an average of 41.7 shots on goal. Mm-hmm. Penn State's power play is also very effective, operating at 22%. For the Spartans, though, the key for them will be, once again, their defense and penalty kill. The Spartans lead the Big Ten, by a wide margin, I might add, at only allowing 2.25 goals per game and also boasts a conference-best penalty kill, operating at 86.7%. It's defense, Brian. They have to limit Penn State and keep and basically shut down that top line. They shut down that top line. They have a chance. Boy, is that a lot easier said than done, though. <laughs> you know, you got a you got a group like that who just. I remember you saying, Jason, it's shoot first, think second. And when you fire ninety shots on uh, on goal the last mm-hmm. time these two teams met, Michigan State's going to have their hands full. But you know what? Look at what they did against Michigan. They were able to contain Dylan Larkin and Zach Hyman. Even strength, they only had, between the two of them, even strength, they only had one point, and that was Zach Hyman's assist on the empty net goal to make it 4-1. to And and if you combine power play, each of them had one point in the game at the Joe Louis Arena. So they did a really good job containing two of the top-notch scorers in the country for the last two weekends. And we'll see how they fare against this this Casey Bailey line because Casey Bailey comes into this game, comes into the series, 19 goals, 
which is up there, which is definitely top five in the country. I think it's ranked third in the country. The kid can score. It's it's can unreal. Score, you know. So we'll see. We'll see how they how they fare this weekend. Because let's remember, they didn't have Johnny Drager in the last series against Penn State. Drager did not play, so that should help Michigan State's defense out a little bit. Barry didn't play either. Matt Barry didn't play. No, nope. he was still uh, he was still in limbo at that time. So you know what, Michigan State's getting two of their better players into the lineup for this series. So we'll see how they can uh, handle it. However, they will also lose one player, Brett mm-hmm. Darnell, yep. quoted as questionable for this mm-hmm. weekend series by head coach Tom Anastas. And with that, we will go to our keys to Spartan victory. Brian, three keys, or are you going to cheat and go four? I'll give you the reason why I have been cheating and giving all right, four. All right. If you notice, when I, when, since I started giving four keys a week, Michigan State has been winning. So with the loss last week, I have no choice but to – Go back to the rules. Stay under the rules, and I'll go with three. Okay. All right. Through my three keys for this weekend. Number one, you know, the power play has to show up in two ways. The power play against Michigan in the outdoor game was, how do I say, uh, it was poor. I think poor would be an understatement. I'll, I'll, I'll sugarcoat a little bit and say it was poor. Uh, they went 0 for 3. On the game, 0 for 3 in the second period of that game, which really was part of the reason why I think they just lost that game. You know, power play gave them nothing to cheer about. So um, stay alert on the power play because they need to score. They need to get some kind of momentum generated from it. But also stay alert because Penn State is a lethal shorthanded team. They've had short, four shorthanded goals scored this season, and Michigan State has given up three. So. Stay alert anytime the power plays on the ice. But granted, those three pop, um, shorthanded goals came near the beginning of the season. Yeah, but still. That's still. You're right. But still. Still. But then, then again, for Penn State, four shorthanded goals is still you know, something, to, something to worry about. Okay, number two, score the first goal. They have to score the first goal. As you look at their records, when scoring first and giving up the first goal, Michigan State 9-1-2 and when scoring first. One of those two shootout wins came against Penn State after scoring first. And they are 1-11. and 1-11, and 11, folks. 1-11. and 11 Yikes. When giving up the first goal. So I'm sure that'll tie into some of the things that you're about to say. Now, they need to come out and get on the board first. It's, mm-hmm. it's pivotal it's pivotal for them to get on the board first. My last key mm-hmm. is you got to help Jay Kildebrand out as best you can. Like I said, 90 shots on goal in the last series against Penn State. Kildebrand cannot be relied on to make 90 saves, to try to make 90 saves. He's good enough where he could potentially do it, but you have to make his job easier. Spend a lot of time in Penn State's defensive end. Don't give them a chance to skate around throwing pucks at the net because if that happens, the result is going to be similar to the second game these two played. I really do. I really think that's going to happen that way. So Michigan State needs to try to spend as little time in their defensive end as possible. And when they are playing defense, block your shots. Don't have any defensive faux pas that happened against Michigan uh, at Soldier Field. If they do that, I think they'll be okay. Excellent keys, Brian. Now we'll go to my three keys to Spartan victory. Number one, fast start and physical play. Against Michigan, there there was no fast start. 
against Michigan last weekend, there was no physical play. Mm -hmm. Penn State is a team that likes to get in your face and just mess you up, both Mm -hmm. physically and in terms of their play style, or strategically, I should say. Michigan State has to match that, and they need to come right off the draw and dictate the pace of the game, and they really have to play physical at Penn State, beat the Nittany Lions at their own game, work hard in those corners, use the forecheck as a weapon, and get opportunities in front. That's going to be key. Number two, limit Penn State to perimeter shots. You're not going to keep Penn State under 30 shots. You no. just can't with this no. team. They, they're a team that shoots first, asks questions later. So the key, how... So if you can keep Penn State to perimeter shots, just shots that are low percentage, shots from the side of the net, easy shots for Jake Hildebrand to pick up, you'll be fine. If you can keep them out of the house, if you will, you should be fine. Mm -hmm. And also you need to start blocking shots. (laughs) And finally, my last point, hit the net. I asked Tom Anassas in his last press conference what this team can do to get more scoring. He basically said his team needs to hit the net more, which is true. You... Shots that hit the net have a 0% chance of going in. Michigan State needs to hit the net in every single opportunity they can get. And quite honestly, they need someone to just turn into a hero for this team and just go and just light it up. Is it, is they need someone to step up. Is it safe to say that they need to be more selfish? I, I guess you could say that, yes. Yeah. I, I, would, I would say that. I would say that. Because I think there were a number of chances that Michigan State had in the Hockey City Classic where they just... We're looking to make that extra pass, being unselfish, looking, you know, say, here, you take this shot over here. You're, you look like you're open. No. You got you, you have to shot. be selfish. It's okay to be selfish sometimes because if you're selfish, you might score, and that's, and that's a good thing. That's even better. Yes. Exactly. So, yeah, so I think – why don't I stick with? I'll make that my fourth point there. I'll, You're I'll gonna steal cheat. from uh, me. No, I'll You're st- gonna steal from I'll me, cop, Brian. I'll, I'll, cop, I'll, no, I'll, I'll put it in my own words. Be selfish. No, I'm, I'm. I need to sue you for copyright infringement, my it, friend. It wasn't co- I reworded it? I'm sorry. It. No, intellectual property infringement. There you go. Intellectual property infringement. If you don't hear me uh, anymore on the show, you know where I am. <laughs> I'm gonna be taking him to court, ladies and yep. gentlemen. Also, now I finally have one important message that I'd like to relate to you all. Yesterday, I received a notification on my Twitter account of an insulting message by the Children of Yoast. Those of you who don't know, the Children of Yoast is Michigan's hockey student section. This insulting message was directed towards the A-team. The post read, quote, Let's discuss at the A-team underscore MSU leaving after the second period Saturday, unquote. It also included the hashtag, hashtag the worst. It also brought in several other of the other college hockey student sections from the Big Ten. All the other sections in the Big Ten chimed in to express how they thought, in the words of Wisconsin's crease creatures, quote, the worst student section in the Big Ten that was the A-team. This was followed by the use of the hashtag better fans than MSU, with the belligerent showing numerous images of fans that were, quote-unquote, better than MSU fans. I followed hockey for a long time, but I have never in my life seen a more despicable display of bad sportsmanship by a fan base affiliated with the team. Such comments and insults thrown about by the children of Yoast, a society that worships a dead man, apparently, should be kept to the realm of fan forums and blogs, not on Twitter. Yes, it's true. Members of the Spartan student section left that game early. And for that, I am utterly disappointed. But for as many that left... There were, there were just as many that stayed, that endured the weather, and stood by their team no matter what. Those are the true fans. And in this individual's humble opinion, 
the best in college hockey. Because you see, any fan can cheer and endure when their team is winning. Any fan can stomach a down year or two. But these fans, these A-teamers, they have endured what the fools in Ann Arbor have only read about in history books. These A-teamers have endured a long and tough rebuilding process that has taken place over the last four years, arguably even longer. They have endured every manner of hardship and heartache this sport has to offer, and they still come to Munn every single weekend to watch their team play. They still make the journey to Chicago to cheer on their team. It is to these A-teamers that I tip my hat, and it is to them I say the following message should any of them be listening. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Whether or not it will come before our time at Michigan State has passed, I honestly cannot say. But rest assured, it is coming. And when it arrives, you will be credited by your steadfast loyalty in the face of adversity with laying the groundwork of the best student section in all of college hockey. Stand firm, Spartan fans, and believe in green. I'm Jason Ruff. I'm Brian Bobel. Stay cool, Spartan Nation.